US markets bounced overnight after traders took stock of stronger-than-expected inflation and as a Fed president said higher monthly inflation was still consistent with the Fed's 2% target. UK price growth held steady, and that was better than expectations. And we look ahead to Australia's jobs figures later today. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our deep dive interview, ANZ senior economist Blair Chapman explains why full-time employment growth in Australia might be set to taper off and what that could mean for the RBA. So if people aren't moving from part-time to full-time, it really suggests that hours worked are going to pull back for the labour market overall. And that altogether says the labour market isn't as hot as those sort of headline numbers would suggest. But first in 5 and 5 with ANZ. US equity markets firmed overnight as traders took stock of yesterday's stronger-than-expected CPI. The S&P 500 was trading up nearly half a percent. That's just below the 5,000 mark at 4am Sydney, Melbourne time. The Aussie and Kiwi dollars followed suit, trading up half a percent at 64.87 US for the Aussie and 60.86 US for the Kiwi. ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, says comments from the Fed's Chicago president helped drive the bounce, but that the Fed just needed to remain patient. The Chicago Fed president, Austin Goolsby, did say that, you know, we've had a significant improvement in PCE deflator, that measure of inflation, that he's comfortable that the inflation backdrop in the United States is improving. But the Fed won't just be guided by one piece of data. Number two, Eurozone GDP was steady in the December quarter, ending a stagnant year of growth. Brian says this reconfirms ANZ's expectations for an April cut by the ECB. Meanwhile, Britain's annual inflation was steady at 4% in January. That beat market expectations for a small rise. The FTSE 100 rose after that and the pound fell as traders increased their bets for a mid-year rate cut by the Bank of England. Brian says a rise in underlying services inflation, though, to 6.5%, does warrant some caution. I think Owing to the stickiness we are seeing in service price inflation, the likelihood is that the Bank of England will thread carefully with regards to the timing of cutting interest rates. A lot of speculation here in the UK that the budget next month will be used to cut taxes in front of election due later this year. And I think if they are cut, that means that there's going to be more money in people's pockets. Number three, in Australia, markets expect January employment growth data later today to show growth of 25,000 and for the unemployment rate to rise slightly to 4%. ANZ Research is forecasting 3.9%. Senior economist Blair Chapman says the RBA will be watching the seasonally adjusted employment number closely because of changing hiring practices after COVID. I think a negative number would really scream weak labour market And that might actually have them bringing any planned cuts forward, although inflation is still only forecast to return into the target band next year and not hit the midpoint of the band for some time. So it's real balance at the moment. Number four. In New Zealand, the Real Estate Institute reported that house prices rose 1% in January, but volumes were the second lowest on record. ANZ economist Andre Castain says prices over the past few months are averaging out near what the RBNZ picked in November. The main thing that's weighing on house sales right now and where the first home buyers in particular get into the market 
is interest rates with mortgage rates the carded rates, so advertised rates from banks, still being around 7% in New Zealand. Interest rates are likely to continue to rise from here, um, with two OCR hikes expected. Number five. New Zealand's new selected price indices, which give an earlier look at inflation pressures ahead of quarterly data, were softer than expected in January. ANZ economist Henry Russell says the data shouldn't alter what the Reserve Bank might do in a couple of weeks' time, because lower international airfares were a large contributor, and they're quite volatile. The selected price indexes don't cover the non-tradables basket as much as they do the tradables, and that was where we saw the weakness. But non-tradables inflation is is the key for monetary policy, and it's the Reserve Bank's uh, focus. We do think the Reserve Bank will be surprised on the upside in, 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 in the March quarter on non-tradables inflation. Henry Russell there. Now, in our deep dive interview, ANZ senior economist Blair Chapman has been looking at the Australian Bureau of Statistics labour market data to show how the number of people entering full-time employment each month is tapering off and what that might mean for the RBA. The Labour Force Survey in Australia actually asks people every month a number of questions about what they did last week in the reference week for the survey. Did they have a job? Did they search for a job or uh, did they do none of that and they were outside the labour force? So based on those classifications, we actually get our stock measures. So we get the employment number, how many people were employed, how many people were searching for work, the unemployment rate, and how many people were in the labour market total, so employment plus unemployment, and then how many people were outside the labour force. The flows actually come from the ABS measuring it each month for the same person over an eight-month period. And so they can actually see from month to month, did people move from having a job to not having a job, and when they moved to not having a job, were they still searching for work? And so we actually see people move from employment to unemployment or unemployment to employment each month, and then based on the, a number of hours they do while they're working, uh, the ABS can tell us whether someone moved from part-time employment to full-time employment or vice versa. And it's these movements between the states within the labour market that the flows are capturing. and. People, I think, are often surprised just how big these volumes are. So the numbers we see between stocks from month to month tend to be very small relative to these huge movements we actually see underlying the numbers. And so um, what are you finding when you look at these flow numbers versus the the more traditional measures that we hear about for the labour market? So I think what's interesting uh, over the last year or so is people who have come from outside the labour force have been able to find full-time employment at a much greater rate than they historically have. And that sort of has shown up in the employment numbers where we saw full-time employment growing. And then just over the last uh, six months or so, we sort of saw that probability or that share of people who come from outside labour force finding full-time employment dropping a bit. And similarly, those people who are part-time, their ability to increase their hours from month to month seems to be dropping. And when you combine those two sort of statistics on the flows, they suggest that going forward, because they have peaked and turned, they suggest that we're going to see full-time employment uh, not grow as quickly or even keep declining like we saw over the last six months. So looking at this almost longitudinal type measure of employment, what do you think it says about the employment market that might surprise people who are looking at the relationship between the labour market and how hot the economy is or cool it is and what the Reserve Bank of Australia might do? So I think people look at the headline stocks and they think, oh, 
everything's looking okay. But when you're looking under the surface, uh, especially at that full-time to part-time switching, it's really low. It's at levels that are almost sort of uh, recession-like or definitely indicate a weaker labour market. And then the ability for people to find employment when they come from outside labour force. The fact that they have been uh, so different to normal and we sort of think they have to return to normal, it suggests that the labour market really is going to slow down much faster than um, we were thinking uh, over the first sort of half of 2024. And it also then has implications for hours. So if people aren't moving from part-time to full-time, it really suggests that hours worked are going to pull back for the labour market overall. And that altogether says the labour market isn't as hot as those sort of headline numbers would suggest and has actually slowed much faster, uh, which actually brings in a sort of risk the RBA have to move earlier because the labour market is much worse uh, sooner than expected. Blair Chapman there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Thursday, February the 15th. Catch you tomorrow with those Australian jobs figures. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.